This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 73 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. In today's show, we talk with Larissa Tricky, founder of Worm Guide Equine, on the importance of checking your horse for parasites and how a deworming routine may not be the answer. We later discuss what to do when you have a horse who likes to rush when riding, and Leandra introduces our adoptable horse of the week. Our listener of the week is at Retraining Cooter. If you'd like to be our listener of the week, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Now back to the show. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. I don't know how you do it, girl. I don't know how you live there, because my God, we are getting snow and ice and sideways. It's like crazy wind and oh my God, I can't take it. And I live in Oklahoma and you live in Detroit. I want to hug you. Yeah, I take a lot of vitamin D and wine. (laughs) Drink wine or you do wine? I, I drink the wine. I drink the wine with my vitamin D and Pretend that I'm somewhere else most oh of the winter. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, okay, everybody has to have their blankets, but I have to buy the weather beaters that have the neck covers. So now mm-hmm. I'm like neck covering two-year-olds and like in a snowstorm. I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm losing my mind. So that's what I've been dealing with. And um, what's happening in Detroit? Are you guys getting crazy storms? We are. We're getting an ice storm right now. It's dark and ominous. I feel like I'm going to be a part of like some sort of horrible movie, but that's okay. Um, in um, other news, so I've been teaching riding lessons now for about a month. It's been a minute since I've taught lessons in Jamie. Teenagers, let me tell uh, you. Put your phone <laughs> down. Oh, if only, if only not not allowed to get on this horse with that cell phone. That was one of the problems I had when they were waiting on their turn, jump, like they get on their phone, like put that, give it, give it, give it, give it to me. Give it to me. Now that's, that is the other instructors. Cause I don't have the jump kids. I don't have those. I have the kids doing flat work. So immediately like, when can I jump? Like you don't with me. You don't, (laughs) if you want to live, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the teenage drama, is it? Yes, it was a full on temper tantrum recently. So one of my students, it was her birthday, her 13th birthday. And she was super excited. She'd been excited for it all week. And her horse, who was, she was going to ride, has been bucking off all the students. Put one in the hospital. I'm like, bad news. I'm switching your horse for the lesson. Jamie, you'd think after telling her that this horse had bucked off and fractured a girl's arm would be enough to be like, sounds reasonable. Mm-hmm. Full on tears full on cancel my birthday my birthday is ruined because oh i can't ride this skeleton i don't want you to die on your birthday i want you to make it to 14 and now first it's like, the question i want to ask is why is a horse bucking everybody up a lesson horse to be fair they're not moving around outside and they're all stir crazy because the oh, ground's been so frozen gotcha yeah so and i'm like, like 
lunch every horse for the love of god <laughs> they need to, they need some yes. some activity oh my yes. goodness probably all thoroughbreds too that are just they just don't do well standing in a stall no horse does no. No. So it's, it was a good time and, but it's not pain related. He's, they're just all a little stir crazy. They're all acting up and being silly and we all forgive them at the end of the day, but oh, the full on tears. And then she just looks at me. She's like, I don't want to ride. I was like, great. I'm going to get lunch. Yeah. Peace. Yes. Oh and she ended up coming back. She rode and had a good birthday and all that. And her, she apologized to me, which cool. I'll take Hopefully that. Hopefully she doesn't know you host a podcast and you're talking about it right now. Okay, if she does, learn your lesson. It's not appropriate <laughs> to cry because you'll be talked about on a podcast. Suck it up. <laughs> but tell me about you. You have a new pony. I do. I do. Do as I say, not as I do. When you buy a horse, I want you to go to meet it. I want you to ride it. I want you to spend time with it. I want you to vet it. I want you to do all those things. And then there's me who I just bought a racehorse off of a uh, racehorse auction online. Oh, and she was uh, 15 four hands, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because racehorse owners and trainers, they don't care about the same things that we care about. So, yeah, I I text him as I'm inquiring about her. How tall is she? 15.4. So I wrote back, so she's 16 hands? (laughs) He was like 15.2. Or 16. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I buy. So buyer beware. So I bought her off the auction and I drove to Hot Springs, Arkansas, which is about Mm. six hours away from Norman, Oklahoma. And um, I got to tell you, she is lovely. I'm in love with a mare and I bought a mare and usually I, I welcome to the dark side friend. I know she's so sweet. She's very, I mean, like, when I went and got her, like her halter was embedded in her jaw. And then yeah. like she's, and the, but the person that I was dealing with was not a very educated, nice, kind horse person. It was mm-hmm. somebody who kind of gives race to me, gives racing a bad name because this mare is so head shy. You can't wave your arms 20 feet away or she mm-hmm. flinches. And then. I was walking her into the barn and my uh, assistant, Abby, picked up a lead rope off the ground 20 feet behind her. And she was like, Pshoo! like I was like, mm-hmm. nobody's going to hit you in the butt or hit you in the head here. And this yeah. guy was very aggressive with her. So I, I've just got some time to kind of get her to be a sweet horse again, you know, and, and yeah. starting to understand. So we've got this crazy snowstorm coming in. <laughs> so I was like, I got a blanket them all. I walked in the stall with a blanket. You would have thought I walked in with a bear on a leash. Like she was like, no, 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 no. You're not getting that near me. You mm-hmm. know, so had to spend, you know, a good five, 10 minutes just acclimate. You know, we're mid approach retreat with vest, it. Non-spons. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That heated vest. If you guys are listening to this program right now and you don't have a heated vest, what are you doing? It is Where have you been? the brand that you recommended to me is Aurora, O-R-O-R-O. It's impossible to say, but it is the greatest purchase of all time. And yes, I was in there because you can't teach a horse to wear a blanket and pick up a blanket, put it on, put it in, touch him with it and take it off with a big giant coat on. So I had, I was in a stall, but I had to take the big bulky coat off to be able to move around easier. And that heated vest was was definitely the lifesaver mm-hmm. of this snowstorm. So again, you guys, spe- you know, it's the price of probably a set of four shoes on your horse. I think it were like yeah. 150 bucks, you know, 10 so- Starbucks lattes. 
That's it. 10 Is Starbucks that- lattes. Starbucks lattes are 15 bucks. Feels like it nowadays. <laughs> I was like, dang, Detroit is robbing people. No, yeah, probably like eight bucks, but still. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So definitely, um, I'm not a math brain. I probably could have got that wrong. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Her name is Roulette Juliet. And so I named her Julie. Uh, my vet's mm. name is Julie. So it was like a little, what's up? Uh, so her name is Roulette Juliet. She is going to be calendar year three in April. So we're just taking it nice and slow. But fortunately, I had the vet come out and look at her and she's sound and healthy and she's like, put her to work. So I'm really excited to get going. But dude, why do I keep and now have two gray horses? Now my other one isn't great yet. Shampoo. Like you need a whole new fund just for (laughs) bathing supplies. Does Chad know that you have to open this new credit card? We need to get a sponsor of the program who does whitening shampoo or something and send me a supply because, yeah, it's definitely going to be a challenge. Now, fortunately, I blanketed her and so she's going to at least stay clean for a you know, a day or so. Yeah, from so the top, top to the fetlocks. Yeah, you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Lower legs and face might be a different story, but yeah. Who knows? Um, Maybe she'll be a clean mare. Like my mare, thank God she's brown, but still she is such a priss. She doesn't really, really like to roll. She doesn't lay in the mud. Like that horse doesn't even get shavings in her tail. No, she's been here for a couple of days and I haven't seen her roll at all. So she's mm-hmm. still fairly clean. She might be a princess. And she was clean when we got her. And I know this guy didn't bathe her. I mean, it was like freezing cold and yeah. it was a mess. But my Andalusian, who is, he's two and a half, but he's going to go gray and he's starting that. Well, he's still dark enough where it doesn't drive me crazy because he will go in Oklahoma, the dirt here, it's red dirt. The, the mm. red clay and he will literally go in our red pond and roll in the pond and come oh, he's up on a mission like, just drip and i'm just dreading when he's fully gray and he's big and he's old and i'm just like i'm having to bathe like every oh day oh my gosh see i go by the stall rule if they've been stalled i know what type of horse it's going to be by how clean it is like if they are meticulous they always poop and pee in the same spot or they might even bury it so they don't have to see it. I'm like, you are a neat horse and grooming will be minimal for you. Oh, that's a good way to look at it. And then I have my others mm-hmm. who spread it everywhere, maybe even the wall or the <laughs> water bucket, <laughs> whatever feels appropriate. Yeah, yeah, whatever feels good. Let me roll in it, lay in it, sleep in it. Like the dirt is me and I am the dirt. Yeah, yeah. You have those horses. They're like they don't care what their stalls like. I think I do. I think I might. <laughs> The other thing is, so my feeders, the, the, we have these feed tubs and you stick the scoop, you have their food in the scoop and you stick your hand through that little square and you dump it in the feed trough and it always makes this kind of sound. Mm. You know, when they pooped in it, when it doesn't make a sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. But that, I mean, we are going to talk about poop more in this episode. I was going to say, we're going to be talking about poop and worms. Our producer, who is uh, not a horse person, (laughs) has to listen to all this and the editors have to listen. And they're going to be like, those aren't the most disgusting girls ever. Disgusting, educated Whatever they like to same thing. thing. So yeah, we're gonna educate y'all on poop and horses and deworming and programs and and you had to talk to to both of our guests today. So thank you for letting me go out and prepare in the snow while you were doing that. Uh, But before we get to Larissa, let's hear from our title sponsor, our friends at Kentucky Performance Products. 
This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. Equijoule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium to phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. Best of all, Equijoule allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijoule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. I'm super excited to introduce our next guest. And before you guys come at me about, Joy, this is Retired Racehorse Radio. We always talk about racehorses. I think you're really going to love what Larissa Tricky has for us. It's something every horse needs, very important, and it's something we've learned to keep routine, which maybe shouldn't be routine. So I'd love to introduce Larissa Tricky to Retired Racehorse Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi, Joy. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So I'm so excited to have you. I mean, you are an accomplished woman. Let me tell you that you received your MBA, you started your own company, and you went into something that no one really sees that glamorous. You went into the deworming industry for horses. Yes. I I don't think many women, let alone little girls, wake up and be like, I want to get into how to eliminate parasites when I grow up. No, I love that. It's so true. It is absolutely so true. And I must say, I've really enjoyed the journey. And when it sort of came about, yeah, I, I didn't think that was my calling in life, but it turns out it is. And I, I'm thrilled to be doing it. And I'm thrilled to to meet great people along the way. So it's um, it's a really exciting industry and business to be in. Oh my gosh, I can imagine. And such a critical one for anyone who loves and adores horses and has them as pets, but especially across racetracks too. I mean, routine is everything. And we've always learned that routinely deworming our horse is a key, but the truth is that might be a falsehood, but we'll get into that. I want to start by introducing you. You've been an equestrian basically your entire life. Tell us a little bit about your yourself and your involvement with horses. Yeah, so I grew up with horses. My mum and my father both into horses. My mum was a track rider when she was in college and my father always in to race horses. And my grandmother, she was European and she, and she came from an equestrian background as well. And so I was really fortunate enough to grow up on property. And when I was three, I received my first pony and he came out with a red bow. <laughs> and so I guess from there, I've always been involved with horses and I sort of left horses for a little bit just during university and then work and going into the city. I sort of was like, oh, I'm going to go in the city life a little bit. And then whilst I was there, I fell back in love with horse riding and I had some amazing teachers along the way and fell in love with dressage and Mm. that's sort of where it 
started again and I thought this is great and yeah so I've always been in and I've always come from a health background and so I guess seeing health in horses and applying something like this yeah I just realize it's quite important Absolutely. And I love that you're a dressage person because that's after my own heart as well. It's like, yes, thoroughbreds, dressage. I love it all. And it's so amazing because you started out in, I believe, the supplement industry beforehand and then have moved into the side of the equine world. Yeah, that's right. And that's sort of where it goes back to the health of horses and people. And I think moving from supplements and the health industry and people and applying it to this, I saw a bit of a niche market and I thought, oh, this has really been overlooked and sort of being able to use my skills from that industry to this industry, it's kind of been like a no brainer. It wasn't hard. It wasn't difficult to sort of do the both. That's really fascinating that you said that's like, it wasn't too difficult. Cause like in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, you're going from supplement company, which anyone who's on Instagram or social media is seeing as a very glamorous industry right now. And then you go to fecal testing. (laughs) I know. That's right. And I think that's why I wanted to make fecal testing and poo testing and poo collection glamorous. I thought, yeah. oh, why not bring some of that to this part? Like we, we're we happy to buy the best looking clothes and the best looking saddle pads and bridles. And they're also glamorous. And massage when is a glamorous sport. Most areas of equine sports is glamorous, jumping, show jumping. But why not? Why not make this glamorous? And and I say sexy, like, why not? Why not try? <laughs> I love, well, we all know sex sells for sure, but more importantly, it's making it easy and convenient for yeah. the, the buyer. And speaking of, let's talk about your company, Worm Guide Equine. Tell us a little bit, I mean, we've learned the motive behind it, making fecal testing glamorous and accessible, but tell us how this is unique compared to other other products out there? Because I can think of one or two other companies in the U.S. who do something similar, but it's a very vague process. No one really knows what's going on. What's unique about Worm Guide Equine? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I guess I sought out to find the best technology and bring this to the 21st century because I, that's what we live in. We live in tech mm-hmm. and we live in convenience. And so I sought out the, the tech specifically, which is scientifically validated and it used biotechnology to analyze and then you'll you'll get an image. And I think that was really, really important to find something like that because the old way of testing, which a lot of people are still doing, it's just not that accurate. And there are common mistakes that are made, which is rushing egg counts, cutting corners, missing critical steps. The EPG, which is eggs per gram, is normally about 50, which means you can't actually see all the eggs. And that's really important, especially when you are checking to see if your worm worked. And to actually getting down to the crux of why we do this is to help slow down the development rate of resistance to wormers. And so combined with that and then combined with making sure that the kit that I developed was easy to use, it stopped any airflow because sample integrity is so important. Some companies out there still accept 
well, they they all accept sandwich bags, which I think is strange. Yes. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> air gets in. It's just, it's not, there's nothing biosafe about it. Mm-hmm. And how do you maintain the integrity of that sample? Mm-hmm. So the combination between that and then the biotechnology that we use, and then we also have a What Do My Results Mean Gun, which is a colourful ebook which everybody gets along with their test results and an image of what's inside their horse, which is the eggs and which type of parasites are in there, which helps take the guesswork out of wondering what to do, which was a big problem for me when this all came about, when I tested it with another company, a couple of companies, actually, I was very confused. Okay. So I have some kind of a result now what do I do? And the response that I always got was Google it. Now we know there's so much misinformation on Google. No one should um, doctor Google ever. It never leads to anything positive. Exactly. And this is a very similar thing. And there are articles written by anybody and everyone for worming and for this. And if you don't actually specifically look for science-backed information, you are misled. And that's kind of why the industry now is in, we say, and lots of parasitologists are trying to get the word out because worldwide, the industry is in a resistance crisis. It's similar to the sheep industry, which has already happened. And we have no new dewormers that are coming out or the, the drugs that are used because worms are becoming resistant to the overuse of wormers. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big thing also pushing this. And, and that's why What Do My Results Mean Guide was designed to actually give you science-backed, easy-to-understand information so you can walk away knowing, okay, I know what to do now or I have some kind of idea what to do. That so it's all such, in one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such – the photography in this is beautiful. I mean, if you go to the website, wormguide.com.au – it, it is beautiful. It's modern. It's very accessible. The language is readable. And most importantly, it helps you feel like you're in control. I think we're always fed so much information as horse owners, and you get a lot of tips and tricks from everyone that tend to be contradicting. So to yeah. have something that's backed by science, backed by parasitic researchers, I think really takes some of that pressure off to say, okay, maybe what I'm doing is the right thing. And you've added this modern worm control, which I think is so great. And you have reasons to test the young horse worm control, the adult horse worm control. You have a whole kit dedicated to foals first year because they are affected differently than a more mature horse. And it's really well thought out. Thank you. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. currently you're based in Australia. Yes. Are there... Are you available in other countries yet, or is that a long-term goal? No. Well, it's a long-term, but I'm hoping it's a short-term. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so keen, and I would love to see Worm Guide Global in mm-hmm. all co- countries because I think we've done, and working with parasitologists and working with horse owners, this is the biggest thing. And to have to see it global, to see it being used is my biggest mission to to try and get it out there worldwide. I would say I feel like we've done the hard yard. So it's all the information that we have is based on, as you mentioned, science, which is universal as well. So yeah, the goal is to see this helping everybody worldwide. 
I love so, it. Well, I, I'll be watching. Right sure. <laughs> I'm like, yes. anybody would love to, uh, you know, contact me and I'm ready to, we're ready to expand. We love it. So any listeners, whether you're in the US, whether you're in Canada, in Europe, wherever you are, if this is something you want, be sure to reach out to Larissa. Larissa, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you to learn more? Yes, it's you can contact me on my email, which is Larissa, L-A-R-I-S-S-A, at wormguide.com.au, or you could jump on the website and we have a contact us and that um, comes directly to me. Or socials as well, you can get in contact. I read every message there. So yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> We're ready. Excited for it too. I mean, no one has successfully made uh, fecal testing as glamorous as you have. It's definitely <laughs> a, a very important thing and hopefully will encourage more horse owners to yeah. test their horses as opposed to just following a routine. And that's it. And working with parasitologists to help get that word out. I mean, it should be part of equine management. We always say we get our horses shot or teeth done. We get the vet out, vaccination shots. This is just as important and it should be um, part of, if you own a horse, it should be part of your management. And vets are really wanting this to, I guess, hit home with horse owners because they know how important it is. Because once wormers stop working, well, it's not a great scenario. No, we're gonna we're gonna stay optimistic and see where I'm gonna yeah. go international. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you That's so much for your time today, Larissa. Check out wormguide.com.au. And even if they're not available yet in your area, there's a lot of great information on there. And be sure to reach out to Larissa to get more info. Thanks again uh, for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, Joy, for having me. It was great. Cashel Company helps you enjoy the ride with their full line of trail bags and tush cushions. From cantle bags to horn bags and everything in between, comfort and convenience on the trail is what Cashel does best. To stay up to date with the latest products and news, follow Cashel Company on Facebook and Instagram. And to find their products, visit an authorized dealer or visit cashelcompany.com. Well, it's our favorite person and we all know that you obsess over her and she's really your favorite part of the show, but you don't have to tell us and please don't tell us. It'll hurt our feelings. But we have Leandra Cooper on from New Vocations back and we missed you last episode, but we're so happy to have you back. How are you, Leandra? I'm doing well. (laughs) I'm so happy to be back. Yes. Are you also going through crazy weather right now? Oh, we are. It seems endless here, but we're preparing for an ice storm. So hopefully it's not as terrible as people are predicting because I feel like everybody just assumes the worst at this point. So here's the hoping for the best. Hey, I love that attitude. That's the one I tend to carry with me. We're also getting an ice storm in Michigan and they're promising 16 inches and I'm cutting that in half. I like to be an optimist. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. We know everyone's complaining about the weather. We won't get into that. I have a training question for you. Are you ready? Absolutely. Okay. I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate with the cold temperatures and inconsistent riding schedule. How do you like to handle a horse who tends to rush when working? That is a great question, especially for our OTTBs, I feel like, because they're just energetic creatures at times, and especially when that is 
concentrated, it can feel like you're just on a bubbling ball. And that's no fun for anyone. So there are a lot of different ways that you can approach that. But one of the main things that I like to work on, I will say, is circles and then distraction. So I guess there are two two things. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite coaches I've ever had in working with a horse who just like to root in your hands and get fast. So the combination of those two being that you have a horse who's just basically dragging through your hands and you not only have to support yourself in that situation, but it tends to be that you you can't regain control by just using your hands and through their mouth, obviously. Mm-hmm. You generally don't want to because then they'll harden their mouth either way. So it's it can be easy to lean on that aid for horses mm-hmm. like that because that's kind of like how a lot of people think of you know, slowing down a horse, just pulling in the rain. A lot of different steps to it, but a horse is not really listening to you Anyway, you know, whether it's the weather, whatever, that they might not necessarily be paying attention to other things. So people tend to get heavy in the mouth when that happens if a horse rushes. So Mm. rather than do that, because that's not really going to help you rock them back, which is what we want so that we can focus that energy better. It's not going to help them listen to you because what happens when they brace like that, it or if you brace is that they brace and it becomes, you know, who, who cares? You started the bracing, everybody's bracing, nobody's listening. It's the opposite of relaxation. I like to use circles quite a lot. And what I'll do is like, if you imagine you've got a long side and a short side of a ring, um, mm-hmm. your hand a ring that I'll try to fit in as many circles as possible in the long side. And what that does, it sort of also picks up on that number two that I brought up, which was redirecting, (laughs) refocusing, or that distraction element, because you're asking them to do something that requires their immediate attention. So turning in a tight circle doesn't really give them the option of like building up steam or rushing through something. And they can rush to a circle. Like I would still advise, obviously, you know, sitting up, which you, you know, should be doing anyway, Mm -hmm. but it really like, I just, you know, emphasize the core of the rider. So you're just going to set up, but just ask them to turn. So there's no argument to it. You're just asking them to turn. If they want to rush through it, that's fine. You just go right back into another circle. And you can do that without having an argument. And you just, I mean, if you have a weak stomach, maybe just pick a focal point because it can feel like you're on a tea with a spinning teacup. Um, mm-hmm. but what happens is the horse will get tired and you won't have to be arguing through your hands. So that's a really simple exercise. It's one of the easiest ones to sort of communicate one of the most applicable to any horse. The horse is rushing. It's easy to just put them in a circle. And then like, if you had a horse who was rushing to fences or something more specific, there are a lot of different exercises you can do with like grids or jumping in a circle or mm-hmm. um, all those little things for different disciplines. But at the basis of all of those, it's about redirecting their attention. So if you have ground poles or if you have something else that you can do to sort of take their attention somewhere else, then mm-hmm. that's a great tool. Like some people will wiggle the rain like I think it was. I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But wiggling your rain like imagine you're fishing and you're like you've got something on your 
fishing line and you're trying to reel it in. So it's like the, the wiggle effect of the rain. Any of those things like that I have heard for people trying to redirect a horse who's anxious or rushing or otherwise really not paying attention and building energy, mm-hmm. redirecting that energy is going to be one of your best options. And circling is just such a simple way that you can use in any discipline, any field, basically, because it's going to do just that. You don't have to try to control everything they're doing. You're not having an argument. It's just about refocusing them in a more productive way that also doesn't risk yourself because in those situations, obviously it's easy to get out of control or if Mm -hmm. they try to do too much with their face, they could try to rear or just try to get out of it some other way. Like you can't stop them from being energetic, but you can redirect it and hope that, you know, they both let off a little bit of energy and that you are also being the leader of the movement there because that's what's going to keep you in the driver's seat, so to speak. So it seems really simple, but it really does work in most situations. A horse is rushing. Like, awesome if you can stop them and back them up and work on lots of transitions. There's so many different things, but mm-hmm. you really can't go wrong with circling. And I will say asterisks about it. If you have a horse who has soft tissue injury, things need a little bit complicated because you don't want to be putting a lot of torque on that limb, of course. But would you say um, like serpentines might be a better route for a horse who has a soft tissue? Totally. Injury? Because it's mm-hmm. at the basis of it, you're doing the same sort of thing where you're asking them to direct themselves so that it's not just their brain can't go to just like uh, a single lane sort of mindset. You want them to be focusing on the immediate next thing and not trying to step too far ahead because that's where the anxious behavior starts to kick in, where they're just kind of letting their brain go into that one lane direction. I love it. That's such an excellent one. My favorite right now, and I've gotten everyone in my barn involved on it too, is setting up a box with your Mm -hmm. ground poles and clover leaves. Clover leaves are my favorite go-to and now everyone's got their horses on it. And I'll just throw in my quick two cents that I've been telling a lot of my lesson kids too, is be forgiving of your horses. They're stir crazy too, if they're in cold climate Mm -hmm. right now. Um, If you need to do groundwork, be humble enough to do it because your horse might (laughs) not be able to run outside like my horse right now. She's been a netter, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I was riding a horse today who decided that she was frustrated in my ask for her to go from a trot to a walk. So just in a downward transition and Mm -hmm. she reared, she just was like, I can't do that. Uh, Or, you know, was upset about that. And I was like, okay, that was a little excessive, but that's as much of a reaction that you can have in those moments. Because if you think about it is like adding energy to a situation or taking away from energy. And in those moments, like if you can't be that person to be like, okay, diva pants, like let's not put our feet in the air and just Mm -hmm. move on, then just work from the ground because that's what is needed of that moment. And if you aren't that person who can do that and not redirect the energy to be adding nervous energy, then just work from the ground. There's no shame in it. And you get so much brilliance out of groundwork too. I mean, they do need it throughout whether yeah, or not they're in yeah. a going outside and totally fine or not adding groundwork in here and there. It's so critical for their success. It's Amazing. Only gonna help. Yeah, exactly. I love it, Leandra. You know what else I love is this handsome, <laughs> chunky gelding Irving that we're going to talk about today is our adoptable horse of the week. Tell us more about Irving. 
Oh, absolutely. So Irving is the horse that I like to describe as the woolly mammoth of the barn, mm-hmm. not only because he has a really brilliant winter coat that makes it so we don't have to worry about him, uh, like putting him in the heaviest blanket possible, like many of the thin skins, thin thoroughbreds that we've got. So Irving has a nice thick coat, but he kind of is that persona of just like a large dog like i don't know what bully mammoths are actually he totally like, does so like, in his started. eyes like you can tell he's just like hey want to get into some trouble <laughs> yeah yeah well, he's funny because yeah he has he has a really goofy personality but he just is like doesn't quite understand that he's just a big guy like he just wants to play with you he is a very like goofy type personality. So it's very lovable, personable type horse. And the one thing that is his advice is that he loves to pester his neighbors when it comes to feed time. Like he just is always starting something where he's like, what do you have? And then they'll be like, that's my food. Get away from it. And they're in their own stalls. Like mm-hmm. he just, is just like, can't, cannot. He's a nosy himself, neighbor. But- <laughs> He's totally a nosy neighbor. That's right. But he has a really phenomenal bloodline. He So he is, sire is Giant's Causeway. He's amazing anyway. We have a lot of like big beefcake, puppy dog personality type horses we, that we've had who have come from Giant's Causeway and always love them. But on Sam's side, he's like Seattle Slough is his grandsire, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and Aladar and Reggie and Stormcat, Secretariat, like everything that you could pick out if you were wanting these all-stars in a horse who's going to be docile and um, comfortable and big and all those sort of qualities that people look for anyway. But he's actually the full brother to, I'm totally going to butcher how you say his name, but Eskinderea. Uh, who's a really mm-hmm. cool stallion. And we've had some horses who have come from him as well and tend to be really stellar horses themselves. So it's always cool to see the full circle of that and get a horse who is kin to another all-star like that. But while he wasn't a very accomplished racehorse, he has definitely shown us that he's going to be a really fun mount for some other career paths. He had a really interesting injury that, uh, so he had a soft tissue injury that, we dug into a little bit more because it just hadn't quite healed properly. And then he had surgery to clean up his manica. It was just one of those things where like, you never hear about that very rare. It is not one of those like bone tendons or any of those sort of common injuries. It was sort of an obscure one, which is Mm -hmm. um, always interesting for us. But fortunately it's something that he has come back from really well. They were able to clean up the fibers that were out in sort of disarray. And he's just been very, very consistent and quite an easy horse to work with as he started back in the retraining part of our program. So we're really excited to see what he's going to do, but he's also, like I said, he's one of those, type of horses who just has that personality where we're like, oh, I bet we're going to get some funny updates from the person who ends up adopting him because he's that, like basically a big dog. So um, like know that he's going to be fun under saddle, but I'm sure that he's going to just make himself right at home wherever he ends up. Oh, I love it. So make sure to check out Irving. He's a 2016-16-3 Bay Chunky Gelding who does winter very well. We all love to hear that (laughs) for the steep asking price of $1,000. Thank you so much, Leandra, for coming on. Please check out all the horses at horseadoption.com and put your applications in early because I'm sure they're still going like hotcakes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again, Leandra. We'll see you next time. Thanks for having me. 
You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. You can find my Facebook page, Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Bonte Roberts Instructor. And my email is jamie at horseradionetwork.com. My email is joy at horseradionetwork.com or find me on Instagram at the foodie equestrian. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spay, neuter, and geld. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>